The Dateable Podcast is an insider's look into modern dating that the Huffington Post calls one of the top 10 podcasts about love and sex. I'm your host, Yue Shu, former dating coach turned dating sociologist. You'll also hear from my co-host, Julie Kraftchik. On each episode, we'll talk to real daters about everything, from sex parties to sex droughts, date fails to diaper fetishes, and first moves to first loves. We are excited you've joined us for an older episode. While our earlier seasons were all about dating in San Francisco, we quickly realized all the themes and learnings are universal for all daters, so we shifted to covering dating from all around the world as the seasons progress. The fun part is, things happen first in San Francisco, the tech epicenter and counterculture capital of the world. We love for you to keep tuning in to our older episodes, but there is no set order to listen in, so feel free to jump to more recent seasons or relevant episodes for you. Enjoy the show. Did you know we're eating and drinking roughly a credit card's worth of plastic a week? Yep, that's right. Blue Land set out to do something about it. Eliminate the need for single-use plastic in the cleaning products we reach for the most. I'm absolutely obsessed with Blue Land for a couple of reasons. One, how they're helping the environment. Two, how convenient they make my life. And three, how freaking beautiful their pastel containers are. All you have to do is fill your reusable bottles with water, drop in the tablets, and wait for them to dissolve. You'll never have to grab bulky cleaning products on your groceries run again. My partner was a little skeptical the other day if the dishwasher tablets would work as well as the pods we usually use, but after the dishes came out sparkling clean, he was sold as well. It's not only super convenient, but Blueland is also affordable. Refill start is just $2.25, and you can even set up a subscription or buy in bulk for additional savings. Blueland has a special offer for listeners. Right now, get 15% off your first order by going to blueland.com slash datable. You won't want to miss this blueland.com slash datable for 15% off. That's blueland.com slash datable to get 15% off. The Datable Podcast is hosted by me, I'm Yue, a former dating coach in New York turned active dater in San Francisco. On each episode, you'll hear commentary by my co-host, Michael Vargas, a fellow dating coach with a clinical psychology background, my producer, Julie Kraftchik, and other surprise co-hosts. Don't forget to check out our next Dateable Live event this Friday, September 30th. We'll be doing another stage version of The Dating Game with some of San Francisco's most eligible singles. The event will also have free drinks and a Giphy booth, courtesy of the Lively app. For more information and tickets, head on over to our website at datablepodcast.com and click on Events. Our last event sold out, so make sure you get your tickets soon. And here's an exclusive discount for all of our wonderful listeners. It's KISS ME, all capital letters, one word. This episode of Datable is brought to you by 500 Brunches. 500 Brunches connects like-minded people with similar interests to meet in real life over brunch. You answer a quick questionnaire about your interests and how you spend your time, and then they'll match you in small groups of six to eight at a brunch spot in San Francisco. Get a free entry into a brunch now by signing up at 500brunches.com and using the code DATEABLE. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dateable, a show that opens up a candid conversation about dating in San Francisco. So on each episode, we dissect a dating story, and today we have Nay in the house. Hey, Nay and UA. We've been chilling. Um, Nay, what's going on? Yeah. What's um, your story? So so I met my um, boyfriend of two years at the time. 
um, in a rather, I would say, unconventional way, I guess. Okay. Um, so, I, yeah. <laughs> so I was his uh, passenger and he was my Lyft driver. Um, and so it all started, uh, I would say, on a Thursday or a Friday. Um, and we were about four or five of us scalp pals, and we had gone to a concert. Um, and it was that everyone's gone to concerts before. It was that time where there was like a mad rush of crowds exiting the concert um, and just not enough modes of transportation to get home. Mm. So long story short, concert ended, we exited. Uh, mad rush to you know call Uber and Lyft. Um, out of all my friends, I think I lived the most west, so I was uh, the designated person to pull up the phone and um, get the app. And what we had discussed was, okay, you know, it's going to be really kind of a hassle for us to get this many Lyfts or Ubers. So hopefully, let's just pray that our driver who gets matched with us is actually nice enough to let us all pile in his car. Um, I think it's also important to note that this was back in 2013, right when Lyft um, was just getting popular. Mm. Um, and, you know, the social dynamic between drivers and passengers was, was yet to fully crystallize. Right. You know, there was, it was still variable. Um, you weren't sure what the social dynamic was, but you did know that, you know, Lyft was out to differentiate itself from, from Uber in a way that it was kind of unspoken that you would sit shotgun mm -hmm. um, and also have a conversation of friendly banter with, with the driver. I think right. it's important to note that. Um, so, you know, we all pile into this, this guy's Toyota Camry. It was a pretty podunk car. Now that I think about it, it was green. <laughs> I remember the back bumper was kind of hanging off. Um, and But what's interesting is the minute that we got inside his car, um, you know, it was hard to forget because there was like uh, just an infinite amount of light bulbs and Christmas lights. Oh my God. Yeah, this was back when like Lyft was the, you know, they were trying to differentiate. And I think right. they gave drivers creative license right. to really just jazz up their car. And so we got into <laughs> this guy's car and, you know, instantly he caught our attention. Um, so at the time, you know, we had asked him, hey, there's about six of us. Are you okay with us cramming five girls in the back, one person in the front? And he's like, yeah, yeah, no problem. You know, I've only been doing this for a couple of weeks, but I'm pretty sure we can we can make that happen. So I'm crammed. Yeah. So I'm crammed in the back. A couple of my friends are probably sitting shotgun or you know laying shotgun, and you know one by one we're dropping each of my friends off, and you know we start making our way back to to my house, and you know during that. You said you, you started making out. <laughs> That's what I thought too. No, no, no. Aggressive in the No, 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 no. Yeah, it was a very innocent conversation. What's, what's, I think what's really interesting is that I remember the conversation extremely clearly, like very mm. clearly. In fact, you know, what we talked about was um, he was brand new to the city. I think he was only a few weeks uh, fresh from overseas. He had moved here, he was overseas for about three years working, um, and his dream was to start his own electric bike company. And he had selected San Francisco over New York because he thought you know, that would be a really prime environment for, for that endeavor. Um, so we got to talking about you know, various topics, a lot of it's small talk. But what's interesting is that like, in a lot of the small moments, I was able to detect his outlook, 
um, some of his core philosophies and it, philosophies that I myself probably subscribe to. Um, but of course, you know, all this has transpired in just a few moments. It's been 10, 12 minutes. Um, but it's a very, you know, it was a very innocent conversation. It was very surface level to an extent. Um, I just found him to be very articulate. Um, and, you know, I don't know, I'm no expert in, in dating, but I did feel a proverbial spark, if you will. Yeah. Um, and so at this point in time, you know, we pull up to my apartment and this is my cue to exit, you know, the passenger side of the car. And so I'm like, okay, so this is me. And he's like, yep, that's you. <laughs> and, um, you know, I have this moment where I'm like, so I, I really am taking two risks if I was to, well, basically, let's take a step back. I, I kind of analyzed the situation a minute prior and I was like, I kind of want to see this guy again. Mm. I find him very interesting. He's had a lot of eclectic experiences. Um, at this point, we don't even know what the protocol is. Is that mm. even allowed or not? Right. Um, so my only option was to ask for his number, um, which is you know a bold move in and yeah. itself. The second is, I've never asked out a guy ever in my life. In fact, I'm probably one of those girls who is a little bit more traditional and prefer to be courted. Um, but I'm also very risk-seeking. I have risk-seeking behavior outside of you know dating life. So I was like, I'm just gonna go for it. Um, so I did. I basically you know didn't look him in the eye. This is all feedback that he's <laughs> telling me later on. Is I, I kind of like cringed a little bit did really kind of probably awkward body movements away from him and had asked for his phone number. In what way? What were your exact words? Uh, basically, can I have your number? Wow. Cringe. <laughs> <laughs> um, and he looked at me, like he looked me in the eye and he was like, you know, I, I don't know if that's allowed. I, I've never really done this. To a point where I'm like, F, like yeah, this like. is not gonna go my way. Um, so there was like a long, you know, pause, um, and ultimately, you know, he pulled up his phone and we exchanged numbers, you know, thereafter we went on a couple of formal dates. Like who asked who out? He did. Yeah. It, it was his birthday actually around the corner. And in fact, you know, he invited me to, to meet him up at his birthday, um, at a bar and we went on a couple of other dates and, you know, the rest is history, but. What's interesting about the whole process of meeting him through Lyft is, you know, in different parts of our relationship, Lyft has always somehow, some way, like unexpectedly been involved in our relationship. What do you mean? So, okay, I guess the, the first example that comes to my mind is, you know, how my family found out about him, which was through a passenger of his. Which, what? what are the odds that that would ever what? actually happen? Yeah. So we were dating for probably less than a month or about a month. And um, essentially what happened was he had picked up a girl who um, was, happened to have been my childhood, my, my sister's childhood friend. Um, and so, you know, in a lift situation, you're just having small talk. And she happened to be from the same town that I'm from in Texas, which it, the town is called Sugarland, Texas. It's, it's a very unmemorable suburb with a memorable name. Um, and so he ends up, you know, talking to her and says, oh, well, that's so funny that you're from there. My girlfriend's actually from Sugarland. 
And I find out about this from him and he's like, hey, Nay, uh, I just want to let you know, I don't know if your family's contacted you or your sister, but I picked up, you know, one of your sister's childhood friends and I told her, you know, that I, we were dating and that you're my girlfriend. So news really travels fast with Lyft, word of mouth. And <laughs> yeah, even times after that, like, you know, he would, he was new to the city and he's actually naturally very chatty and, and loquacious. So, you know, he would always name drop me and then I would get text messages from friends who worked in, you know, jobs that I worked at and be like, hey, I met your boyfriend. And at one point in time, I had to be like, yo, dude, chill. Let's not start name dropping. This is like becoming an issue. He's got but. a picture of you in the passenger seat. <laughs> yeah, so that's the story. I mean, I really do believe that people are brought into our lives for a reason. And I think Lyft and Uber have really amplified that. Right when you do a lift line or an Uber pool, why is it these people are grouped with you? Yes, it's coincidental and it's it's a fluke, mm -hmm. but at the same time, you can explore those options and say there's a reason why the universe brought us together. And what's interesting, and I think it's like, I can't tell if it's you know dating or if it's the dynamic that takes place between a passenger and a and a driver, but part of me feels that in that ride sharing environment. Oftentimes, in a sense, it's, it's akin to a confessional booth because people are almost more honest and more uninhibited when um, they actually don't know the other person, the person on the other end of the conversation. You're almost even more honest than you are with someone that you do know, and there's no risk, no strings attached. And in a, in a sense, you can be even more vulnerable. So you feel like the environment allowed you to kind of pull put your hair back and kind of be more relaxed and more yourself when talking to this guy. Yeah, in a sense, I think I, I could, you know, come to that conclusion is um, he has no information on, on me. It was a straight, clean slate. He doesn't know my, my flaws, my weaknesses, my strengths, my quirks. And while we were having very surface level conversations, I was able to collect, and, and all of this is based off of signals. So what you're saying is, is that Lyft needs, needs to pivot to a dating app. Oh, we've been saying this for years. Well, well I think they kind of have. Have you yeah. guys noticed that like, you know, I don't know if this is new, but in the last year and a half or so, they do have a section where you can pull up someone's profile and then yeah. you have the option of editing your profile information. I think that was their attempt to test to see, you know, if this could serve a different purpose other than getting someone to move from A to B. Okay, so you said this lasted two years. Mm -hmm. Are you still with him? I am not. You're not, okay. But two years is a long time. Yeah. And was he a Lyft driver the entire two years? No, he, so he had, um, and this is I learned during the initial conversation with him, was he um, had just moved from overseas. He was working, traveling uh, for three years. And before he started his electric bike company, he had joined Lyft just to take a break from working. Mm -hmm. um, so he did it about eight to nine months. You guys, maybe I'm ignorant, but is there a stigma to dating your Uber or Lyft driver? Is there a stigma attached to that? Uh, Let's be honest. Let's, let's be honest, honest here. here. I think Uber. I think very lightly, but not enough to stop someone from actually doing it. Yeah. So, but Uber feels like like cab drivers, where Lyft feels more like ordinary people. Yeah. I think there's still a little bit of a stigma, but I think Uber feels like you're kind of like rocking the cradle or something. Yeah. Did you feel that stigma? Um, not 
terribly, but I also go for people that are generally unconventional, so that's probably uh, okay. my um, knee jerk. However, there is a stigma, and this is information that I collected from him thereafter because, um, like I said, in the beginning, people didn't realize or know how to interact with your driver, and there was yeah. a lot of sketchy ways, yeah. and uh, I don't even know if I can call it dating, but hookups that would take place. I heard through drivers really? and passengers on weekends is, is what I hear. Whoa. So um, while our courtship was very, you know, I think innocent, um, those do happen and maybe that's really the stigma. You know, the, the safe word to do that is take me to the Marina Safeway. Yeah. <laughs> I actually gave my number once to an Uber driver, but he was like, nothing like really came of it. He like did reach out, but we never hung out. But anyways. The, the thing with this, it's, it's, not, it's not just like the Uber talk. It's about the differentiation in power. Yeah. Right? Like, like when you are, is it, is it, I think it's more the idea of, do you do something like this when someone is serving you? Yeah. Like when you, when you meet them in a place of service to you, like same question would be like, should I ask the waitress for her phone number? Right. Yeah. Is that part of their policy? Right. Things like that. I think that's kind of like the question is like, do we feel comfortable about asking this with people of different power differentials of service? That's a really good point. Service and at the intersection of service and gender roles. Yes, so if it was sure. reversed where, yeah. you know, he was they the passenger no and no. I was the driver. I mean, but then there's like this weird feeling of like, am I stepping out of the boundary? Like you kind of felt it too. Mm -hmm. Like, is it okay that I asked for this guy's number? Cause he is my technically, I'm taking a service from right. him. I, I just find Uber and Lyft are, our best hope for meeting people in real life yeah. these days because we're meeting people at a moment in their life. How many times have you been in a Lyft line or Uber pool where someone gets in there like, oh, I just did this or I'm on my way to this. You're like catching them at a moment yeah. and they're vulnerable, like you said, and their guards are down. And then if you catch them at the right moment, yeah. things could happen. Fireworks could happen. I, I feel like we should open our eyes up more yeah. to these opportunities because you never know who's going to get in. And I think really, <laughs> I really think the takeaway is, you know, Lyft ride sharing aside, it, it wasn't that I was somehow pursuing and trying to find someone yeah. or trying to date him. It was more that at that time in my life, I, I was very open yep. to the idea. Yes. And that's really the main takeaway is, it sounds like the apps, people are getting very frustrated or their expectations are not being met with the apps. And really what people should be doing, and again, this is just my own philosophy, my own opinion, is, is to keep your eyes and ears open okay. because you never know what's standing in front of you or sitting yep. next to you or driving you. So and this is something I do have to say about our, our generation. We have the luxury of the sharing economy. It's not just Uber, yeah. it's not Lyft, yeah. but my Airbnb. friend, my yeah. friend met her husband through Airbnb. She hosted him for one weekend, they fell in love, and now yeah. they're married. You know, I've heard of people meeting each other from like, I got a get-around car from someone, and then we met in person because he, he ran out of gas or whatever. Yeah. So I think we need to take advantage of the sharing economy. It's great to share. Sharing is caring. Mm -hmm. But we also need to hone in on those opportunities and say, this isn't my opportunity to, to meet someone outside of yeah. my usual network.
So, so okay. anyway, what what uh, what takeaways are you taking away from this? Ah, so many takeaways. I'm going to um, call a lift now just to go around the city. I don't need a destination. I'm in a circle. I'm in a circle. Circle this city. Who am I going to pick up in this lift line? Never know, but I've heard of guys doing that. They go across city really? and they just yeah, they just sit in a lift line because now lift line and Uber pool pick up so many passengers. Just do that on Saturday night. Let's go to lift. Stern Grove, but on along the way just like pick up people. people why not exactly. sounds like a new dating app i mean this might be yeah. the birth of a new dating app yep. i mean i i really think uber and lyft should be like you know you can swipe through the passengers you could pick up and you can tell your driver not to pick up someone yeah. pick up only the hot men <laughs> only the hot men or cool girls that we want on our podcast um what are your takeaways michael um i think just like action like one of the great things that Nate did was she, even though she was worried, she was scared, she was nervous, she didn't know what to do, she still took action. Yeah. And she was able to be with someone for a couple of years that it sounds like that overall she enjoyed. Um, and I think a lot of people are scared of that. And there's like so many opportunities for people. And I think that A, they close themselves off and two, they, they are afraid of it. So I think to just open ourselves up more and allow for the possibility of something happen and that might mean that we get rejected, that things don't work out our way. And it also might mean that you meet someone pretty amazing. Yeah, yeah. definitely. So the question of the day is, um, uh, Luke wrote in and said, if you meet someone in a professional setting, like at a conference, and you want to exchange info, but want to make it clear that it's beyond professional reasons, how should you go about exchanging contact info? Oh, we did have Michael at the mushroom trick. Yeah. You put a mushroom on their cheek and then you guys make out. I think one of the things that uh, happened was, so we talked quite a little, uh, quite a little bit. I don't know what that means. We, we talked for a little bit. And um, one of the things I said to her is like, hey, you know, uh, in the next session, do you have a seat next to you? I'd love to sit next to you. Uh, and she said, yeah. And I think that there's just whatever you can start doing to start shifting it from business to shifting it more towards interests of the person. And I think going in that direction helps it to then later on, if you wanted to continue the relationship in that way, you already set the tone early. Okay. So you, you're saying plant the seed. Yeah. Plant the seed. And you know, if you feel that's the direction that you want to go with someone, I'd say just go in that direction as opposed to keeping it professional and then all of a sudden going for like a bait and switch if that's not what you want like go with what feels just more of what you want from the relationship nay do you have any um i think it has less to do with what you say and the content and more to do with signals mm. because human beings i feel like communicate in a lot of different ways other than the words that they say so if i was at mm -hmm. a conference um and you know obviously your mindset is professional 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 but, you know, if I wanted to send a signal to someone that I was interested in more than just professional, you know, I would probably try to send some more signals, more like body language, um, ask about his interests outside of work, mm -hmm. um, which again is, I guess that's content, but it's more about your body language and maybe touch his arm or... Um, Something like that, so it's it's less about the professional and and more about are they getting am I sending the right vibes? Um, I would say, and uh, when you exchange info, don't give your card, because I feel like 
giving a card first just signals it's for professional reasons. So if someone were trying to give me their card and I wanted to go beyond professional level, I would say, how about we exchange phone numbers? Just to be more blunt. I got another one too. Um, go on a walk. I actually dated someone from another conference. I forgot and I just remembered. And one of, <laughs> one of the things we did was it was like at a beautiful pier. So I was mm -hmm. like, hey, do you want to go for a walk? And she said, yes. And we went on a walk and that like shifted it to more like organic, natural conversation versus business oriented stuff. Yeah. Michael is, uh, he's a predator at these conferences. He doesn't even go to the conferences. Like he's like, what is this conference for? So if you are at a conference and someone tries to put a mushroom on your face or ask you to go on a walk, you've been attacked by Michael Vargas. That's just, I'm just saying that now. Those are the lessons that I want to provide for this world, and you're all very welcome. So, folks, remember that uh, you can submit your stories at any time. Um, and remember that we can always keep you anonymous. No one needs to know your real name. We protect the innocent and those surrounded by you. And UA, I think we have two final words that we'd like to say. What are those again? Stay dateable. Here's your action item for this week. Next time you're in a lift line or Uber pool, start a conversation with the other passenger or your driver. You never know where that conversation will take you. The most efficient way to meet new people is a combination of online and offline. 500 Brunches has your offline covered. Connect over brunch with new friends. Come alone or bring a buddy. There is always a table full of friendly faces, mimosas, and eggs benedict. Sign up at 500brunches.com and use the code DATEABLE for a free entry. To connect with us, visit datablepodcast.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, all under Datable Podcast. Mm -hmm.